Thank you for tuning in to today's life message from Cornerstone Church. We hope you enjoy today's encouraging message. If you would like more information about the church, stay tuned after this podcast. And we can praise the Lord and be free. You know, a lot of times life has a lot of challenges for us. You know, they may be physical, spiritual, financial. But how many knows if we serve the Lord, we'll come through all that. We will come through all that. And the title of my my message is, Worship is Essential. You know, we see things going on with COVID. The political climate may not be to your liking. Uh, Financial situations due to some of these things can be challenging in our lives. You know, we see that Walmart's essential, so they say. And they say, you know, Wearing a mask is essential. And washing your hands with sanitizer till they dry out so bad they're about to fall off. You know what I'm saying? They say all these things. Lowe's is essential. Some places say even the bars are essential. Can I get an amen? But what I believe is for us as Christians that worship is essential. Worship is essential, and they'll come against that. They'll come against the churches, and they'll come against the body of Christ because they do not want you to worship because worship has a reward to it. Worship has a reward to it. I'm going to be over in Second Kings. I'm just going to uh, point out a few things that worship does. I'm going to be over in Second Kings for some of my scriptures, maybe over in Second Chronicles and Acts. 2 Kings is a story about the prophet Elisha and Jehoshaphat and a couple other kings and and people of high places and they were in distress because the enemy was kind of encamping around them and threatening them and they were scared that they was going to be destroyed and that life as they knew it was going to be uh, abruptly uh, invaded by the enemy so they got the idea said I wanted to uh, call for a prophet and they asked well, is there any prophets anywhere and one of them said oh yeah there's uh, Elisha you know he Elisha he uh, he was the uh, son of, a, of Elijah and now the spirit of God rests on him so they went to him and they began to tell the situation to him and they was coming at him with all kinds of stuff. Let's just put it in today's modern terms. Uh, the political climate is not so great and I don't know which way this country's going and COVID is seeming to be on the increase and I, I'm even scared to go outside and I, I, I don't even want to go anywhere. I don't want to get out. I want to just shut in and, and Elijah gave him a simple answer. He said, call somebody who can play the music. Music is is an important part in our worship. Here is the prophet. Now, you know, they was probably looking, now this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to strategize. This is how we're going to work it out. We got plans A through Z, and we're going to follow every one of these, and God is going to uh, just move on it. But no, the prophet said, call somebody that can play. Call somebody who's anointed to do 
the music. Call somebody who has a gift to bring forth the music. And then when that happened, Elijah began to prophesy. See, worship, even the prophet, even the prophet said, I need to drown out everything y'all saying. I need to drown out everything that's being said and how bad it looks and the situation that we're going through. I need, I need to drown that out, so I'm going to get into the spirit of worship. How many know what I'm talking about? I know this sounds simple, but it's true. There's times in my life where I have trouble and I feel like everything's just falling apart. And then one day I said, I've had enough. I'm going to get into some worship. So what, I, what do I do? I get into some worship and I turn on some anointed music and I begin to worship. And then all of a sudden the prophetic word comes out and I begin to speak the things that I heard during my times of worship. And worship is important because it puts us in the mindset of who God is and not what the situation is around us. We need to learn how to worship in the midst of all the trouble. And we need to learn because it is essential for a walk in God is worship. And Elijah knew that he had to change the atmosphere. How many has been in the atmosphere where this seems chaotic? In an atmosphere, this you, you can't quite put your finger on it, but something's just agitating you. Something just gets on your nerves. I got news for you. Change the atmosphere. Go before God. Whatever it is, whatever it is for you. You know, some people like this person, some people like that person. Some people just like to put on instrumental music to clear their mind. There's something about music that calms the savage beast, they say. Even with David in the Bible, and Saul was tormented by evil spirits. And the anointed one, David, walks in and begins to play on his harp. And it would run the enemy out. And Saul would get a little bit. A relief from the tormenting spirits. How many knows if we worship God to the fullness in our personal lives, corporately, that sometimes that's just enough to run the enemy off. That's enough to get the enemy out of the way. I know that sounds simple because we like to have everything in detail. But there's something about praising God that will calm us and calm people around us. There's one thing going into an atmosphere and becoming part of that atmosphere or walking into that atmosphere because you've been in a place of worship and the whole scene begins to change. The prophetic comes out when worship is done before God. It changes the atmosphere. It's so essential. It releases the prophetic. The prophet began to speak and say, it brings instruction. When we begin to worship God, privately or corporately, I've sat in places where the Spirit of God was so high in worship, then all of a sudden it got quiet. I'm talking about a room of 600 people. And these people, including me, because I dare not move, because I knew the importance of what was going on, we sat there at least 30 to 45 minutes. No music, nobody talking, no kids interrupting. Why? Because the spirit of worship was so high, God began to speak to people even in the silence. 
even in the silence. Worship is so essential to our walk in God. It also makes for provisions. You know, Elijah said, I'll tell you what you do. He said, I want you to go down and dig some ditches. I want you to go dig some. Now, I don't know about you, but being in worship and being in the Spirit of God and being in, in one with Him at that moment, and instruction come, I want you to go dig ditches. That, that's probably not the answer I was looking for. But nonetheless, they dug the ditches. The atmosphere was changed. People received what was being said, even though it was like, that was kind of crazy, right? I want you to go dig some ditches. And then it became a supernatural thing because God said, there ain't going to be no wind. There's not going to be no rain. But I'm going to fill those ditches. In other words, it brings supernatural provisions. Yes, we have work to do, like dig a ditch. But the natural elements is not going to fill that ditch. It's something more deeper than that. God said, I'm going to fill it. Pastor, go build a church when everybody else says, don't, don't do it. Where do you think that came from? It came from a spirit of worship. It came from a spirit of wanting God to have his way. Go, go do it when everybody else says, don't do it. And they did it, and God filled it with water. And it provided for their cattle. It provided for everything that they needed. And it also became an instrument for the enemy's destruction. The enemy said, they got up that morning, and the sun was shining. And the enemy seen it up there, and they said, man, it looks like blood up there. All because the prophet said, wait a minute. Let's get into a spirit of worship here. Let's have some anointed music. And the enemy saw that water as blood. And they said, they've, they've, they've turned on each other. They've murdered each other already. Let's go up and take it. They was, the enemy was set up for defeat. The very thing that was a provision for us became an instrument of destruction for the enemy. That is our worship. Our worship of the one true God. It reminds me of Jehoshaphat. As the camp was being surrounded by three different enemies. Three different enemies was coming after them. And he began to acquire of the Lord and the prophets stood up and gave a word that the battle's not yours, it's the Lord. Because he began to worship in that. He began to remind God of all the things that he's done. Sometimes we need to remind God not that he, he doesn't know, but I think he likes to hear it. He likes to hear what we think of him. And Jehoshaphat went through that situation. But on a little side note, we need to learn how to linger in that. Sometimes we want to rush. 
I, heard, I was talking to somebody, I said, you know why most people don't hear from God? Because they don't leave a void. We fill our lives with everything. Renee said, don't watch the news. I'm telling you, there's a spirit behind that. You watch that, and the next thing you know, you'll be in the mullet grubs, they say. But you can never encounter God and came, come out in the mullet grubs. You'll be lifted up. And they begin to praise God, and he said, well, in the morning, we're going down to the battlefield. And they put on all the outer garments. They done like they've always done, and they move forward toward the enemy. And then Jehoshaphat said, hmm, I'm going to send in the ones who praise, and I'm going to send the ones in who play first. I don't know about you, but if I was going to go to war, I'd like to have a gun. Can you say amen? Yeah. But when it's a spiritual battle, Carnal weapons will not do. Our way of thinking will not get it done. What we need to do is send our worship ahead of us. Send the heart ahead of us. Giving God praise. You know what Jehoshaphat said, and it was pretty simple, and I'm just going to paraphrase it. Lord, you are good, and your mercies endure forever. And the next thing you know, confusion came up on the enemy. Whatever your situation is that is causing confusion. See, worship is not based on what God can do, but who God is. Somebody needs to say amen on that. Because oftentimes when we worship, we, we worship in the aspect of what God can do. Not who he is. We want God to fix the situation, and he will. But our worship should be, God, you are great. Your mercies endure forever. And all of a sudden, it's like the presence of God begins to come and fill the room no matter where you're at. It begins to fill your heart. And hope arises up out of that. It's so simple that we make it hard. Shut everything down one day. I got things I got to do. I got to get this done and that done. Guess what? It's still going to be there. It'll still be there. We need to learn to linger in the presence of God more often than that we do. Because it opens up the heavens. And he sent the worshipers down. And the Bible says all of a sudden, all of a sudden the enemy got confused. Boy, that would save us a lot of battles, wouldn't it? If we just praise God and let that turn and confuse the enemy. It said that they annihilated each other. Simply through an act of worship annihilated the enemy and the spoils were laying on the ground all they had to do is go pick them up resources enemy destroyed 
Worship is essential for warfare. It is essential for warfare because it clears our spiritual ear to hear God and the next direction we should take. The next direction we should take. I haven't always done things right, and probably you haven't either. And we all have situations that we want to see changed. But how many times do we go to the Lord and worship as our first essential? We begin to make plans without invading the courts of heaven and getting a word from God. Come on, I'm, you know I'm telling the truth. But if we engage with God, he would give us a word. And a word will lead us to our victories and overcome the enemy. Go with me to Acts 16.25. This is the familiar scriptures. Very familiar scriptures. If you've been a A child of God, you've probably read these scriptures, probably heard them preached. But there's some things in these scriptures that we can see that will help us. Now, Paul and Silas, they were out spreading the news of the kingdom. They was doing God's work. For some reason, sometimes we think if we're doing God's work, there'll be no hindrance. Ha <laughs> ha! Well, maybe you're not doing God's work then. Maybe you're not. But if you're trying to do God's work, there's going to be some setbacks, disappointments, or what seems to be disappointments. But how many knows we haven't missed our appointment at all? Sometimes we're in the waiting room, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes we're just in the waiting room. Then other times we get called back to the room. Where everything is confidential. Everything is confidential in that room. Sixteen and twenty-five. Now here was Paul. They were causing trouble <laughs> for a lot of people, for the gospel's sake. So what does the enemy do? The enemy says, "I tell you what, I'm going to do. I'm going to capture you. I'm going to chain you, and I'm going to put you in a very, very dark place." And that's what happened here. They apprehended him. But how many knows that Paul already had an encounter? Paul had already been changed. Paul already had a mandate. But if you look, he didn't draw on that. 
He didn't draw from that. Yes, that's something that we should know. But in this situation, as they threw him into the innermost parts of the prison, which is actually the sewer system of the prison, threw him in a dark place, a place that didn't have pleasant smells, a place that most people would say that God's not there. But what Paul began to do, and he says, about the midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. It was not only were they in the darkest place they've ever been, chained, they had probably been beaten on, but it was at the darkest time, it was midnight. It was midnight. It's never too late to worship God. It's never too late for worship to be our essential thing. Because I'm telling you, it's like it revolves around that light. The sun and stars and all revolving around. It's worship. And then what comes out of that? And the main thing for us as New Testament believers is the spread of the gospel. That was weak. Is the spread of the gospel. And we'll see where worship comes to play here. And the Bible says as they were worshiping, the the ground began to shake because of an earthquake. Simply from worship. See, we can't let our current situation dictate how we worship God. They began to worship God, Renee, in the most dire circumstances you could be in. And some of us may be facing some of that. Some of us may be in a different season of our life where we don't face much of that. But worship is still essential no matter what spectrum you're on. Mm -hmm. And they begin to pray and sing unto God. And it's an act of worship. And things begin to shift. Things begin to move and shift around. Worship causes a shift in things. Simple as that. I've been in situations and got into the spirit of the Lord on a different level and began to worship. Hey, I didn't go with a petition. I didn't ask God to do anything. I just wanted to be with Him. I wanted to hear from Him. I wanted to know which way I need to go, what I need to do. And sometimes we need to get into the spirit of worship where we can receive from the Lord on that manner for our lives. Somebody say amen. amen. Because we can plan all we want to. But if we worship God, he'll give us direction. And he'll begin to shift things in your favor. I'm sure you had challenges building this new sanctuary. And every time something popped up, you begin to praise God or give God thanks. And things begin to shift and things start falling into place. It's funny how things begin to shift and God begins to move. Simply because these guys here begin to praise God. 
and give him glory. You know, sometimes we get in them situations, we want to we wanna magnify the situation. <clears throat> I can't do that. You know, the Bible says, let us magnify the Lord. On a little side note, what does magnification do? It actually doesn't make that thing larger. It lets us see the details of the thing that we're looking at. And when we magnify God, because he's already big enough. But when we magnify him, we begin to see in detail. Now, I, I, you know, I don't magnify a lot of things in the natural. But I remember as a kid being in school, when we take them little slides. I couldn't see that little organism on that slide. But I knew it was there. Sometimes you can't see God. And sometimes we just need to magnify the Lord to see him in detail. See him in detail. Cause things to shift. It also opens up doors. It said that the earthquake come and things begin to shift and the prison doors flew open. Worship opens up doors that would no otherwise be open to us. The situation didn't dictate what God was going to do. They began to worship. They began to worship. And the doors was open. And their bonds were loose. Simply because they decided to worship. They decided to worship. So what are you going to do today? They decided to worship. You know, and other people heard them worshiping. You know, sometimes people are watching how we're going to react to a bad situation. And God has brought me out of so many, and they say, how'd you do it? I just simply worship God. We want three-step programs. Not against that. We want a 12-step program. Not against that. But sometimes only the Lord can do it. And as Paul was running out, he heard a cry. A guy getting ready to commit suicide because he knew what had happened and the prisoners were set free. And as he worshipped, when he worshipped, he had enough not to worry about himself. And he turns back to further the gospel when he could have kept on running and been free in the flesh. That's what worship will cause you to do. It'll cause self-centeredness to fall. Concern about myself to dim and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ even though personally you may be going through a dark time. That's what worship would do. If you should put down on paper, is my life ideal? Yes, but no. There's things I still believe in God for. There's still things I would like God to move on me and change me. But I know one thing, I'll get the answer if I continue to worship Him. 
continue to worship Him. What are you saying? Worship is essential for our victories, for our provisions. Thank you for listening to this week's encouraging podcast. You can find out more information about the church on our Facebook page at Cornerstone of Victory Church, Statesville. Remember, life begins at the cross.